It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL and AM 1260 WBIX. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this. Uh, whew, it's a warm Saturday morning, isn't it? It's uh, there's a it's if you're around anywhere, you're realizing that yeah, it's a little bit warm out there today. I know when I got up this morning, it was I don't know 78 degrees, and I know I feel badly for saying all this because I know that. When they go to edit the program to put it on Sunday nights, all these weather temperatures and identifiers always make it a little bit hard. So sorry who's ever going to edit that. Uh, but with us on the phone is Nicole Wakelin. Nicole Wakelin is a a member of the New England Motor Press Association. In fact, vice president of the New England Motor Press Association. And uh, uh, quite the car person. Been writing about cars for quite a while. And good morning, Nicole, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Good morning, John Paul. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Well, thanks thanks for b- being around on a Saturday morning because every time I look on Facebook, you're you're either leaving an airport or coming to an airport. Well, I just arrived in an airport at about midnight last night, so if I sound a little loopy, now you know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think with all the with all the uh, temperature and all, I think everybody's suffering a little bit with uh, with. Um, you know, a little bit of lack of sleep for the last couple of days. So maybe you were at least someplace where you were. Air, it was a little air conditioned, a little bit nice. But you were out at a kind of interesting event, right? Yeah, I went to an event out in Oregon called Heels and Wheels, and the idea is that it gets together women uh, to drive cars and talk cars as opposed to just guys, because these are normally male dominated events. You know, face it, it's mostly guys in the car industry. So it was a little bit different, and this one was sponsored by Lexus. So. Spent three days out there, got to drive some cars on road, but more importantly, or more interesting to me, was I get to go off roading in a Lexus because that's not something you generally think you can do. No, not at all. Right? Like, if you think off road is what the first brand that comes to your mind is probably not Lexus. No, probably Jeep or Range Rover or. Exactly. Yeah. There's, There's brands you associate with that. Lexus isn't one of them. And so part of this event. They wanted to change that idea. Like, okay, you know what? You can put on a pair of boots and, and go out there in the dirt, and you can offer it in your Lexus. So they had some expert drivers to give us some instruction, and they came up with a course, and they threw us out there and said, go for it. And they also had some drivers who had never been ever once ever on any kind of off-road adventure. So to say to them, okay, the car is going to do exactly this, and to see the look on their eyes of, like, I don't believe this, and then have it work, it was pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, I know. I I haven't. I don't travel like you do, but I've been to some off road events, and there is uh, certainly a time when they have you do some things you need to believe. If if you don't believe in God, right then, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they have they have you do some things. You're like, well, first off, I can't see to the top of this. I don't know where I'm going to go, and they're telling me just accelerate, and I'll just pop off over the bottom of a hill and. I won't right. die. It, yeah. All you see, because you're angled so far up, is you see blue sky. Because right. The hood of the car is pointing so far up. Like, you're good. You're good. Just keep, keep hitting the gas. You're thinking, I'm, 
going to plummet off a cliff. I hope you know where we're going. And sure enough, they do, and you're fine, and you don't plummet off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Well, we hope we hope not, at least, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, this event, uh, was, there, was there a particular car or cars in this event that you were really amazed by besides the Lexus? Yeah, well, this one was exclusively a Lexus event. Oh, okay. We only had those. So those we only had those. They had an off. They had an offer course, and the one that we got to drive was the Lexus GX four hundred and sixty. So that was a specific car that we got to take uh, take around and take through the dirt and, and see what it could do. Uh, so that was the only one that we got to test off road. Oh, okay. And as far as um, as far as some of the other cars, I, I posted something on Facebook this morning, and uh, to put you on the spot, I'm like, yeah, you know, you look at you look at stuff, and you're like, and people ask me this all the time. They're like, "What's your favorite car?" And I'm like, "I don't, it's I don't have that." But I always try to ask people, "Do you have a favorite car or truck or something that really appeals to you?" A favorite car or truck? You are putting me on the spot. I know that's. Um, gosh, what's a favorite? You know what? I I okay, this is a ridiculous one, and people probably say this all the time, but I really have a thing for the Dodge Charger Hellcat. Well, who would? I know. Well, you said you put me on the spot. And the first thing that popped into my head was that. So there you go. I'm was was seven hundred and seven horsepower of uh, of uh, old school muscle, but it actually kind of goes around corners and it actually stops. Yes, yeah. it stops. And and it's it's fun. I've had the chance to drive that. Because you know, seven hundred and seven horsepower. When do you actually get to use that? All of that that it doesn't take you five feet and you're right on the bumper of the car in front of you and you, you didn't get to really have fun with it. But I play with it at Dodge's uh, little testing facility in Michigan where they're like, okay, hit the gas and see what happens. And you're on an open track and there's no police and you can just do it and you're not breaking any laws. It's awesome. It's yeah. fun. That, all that horsepower. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I, think you, I think you might break the law of physics with the car. That's okay. I'm yeah. cool with that. Yeah. That won't get me a speeding ticket. That <laughs> won't give me a fine. Laws of physics, no problem. <laughs> that's right. And uh, people can people can read your stuff all over the place. You're, you're kind of everywhere, right? Tell us where. Kinda, tell, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm in the Boston Globe. So, I'll have, in fact, the event I was just at in Oregon will be in there in the next couple of weeks. I also do reviews for car gurus. I write for Best Ride and Gold Ride and U.S. News. So, I'm, I'm everywhere. 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 <laughs> and... And uh, you know, in the in the last year or so, has there been a particular event that you were at that you kind of said, "Well, this is one of the this is one of the really good ones." Well, you know, it's, I, I like our events. I should say that the NIMBA events that we hold are the best events on the planet. Of right? course, they are. I'm the best vice president, so mm-hmm. we do one where we drive up the coast with convertibles from Boston to Portland, Maine, and that's wonderful because it's just a fun day. And you know, has a whole I, I, I have to, I have to stop you just in case my my actual boss is listening. It's Uh-oh. it's an all day work project. Oh, I'm sorry. It is an all day grueling experience where we have to drive up the coast in these convertibles, and it's it's terribly terribly grueling. But we do it for the love of our careers. That's right. That That's right. We 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 sorry. do it. We do it for the love of being able to bring those experience back to our listeners and readers. Correct. Even though it's so trying and difficult for us to do. That's that. right. It's a grueling. It's a grueling two-hour ride from Boston to, uh, you know, Maine. So it's one of the <laughs> toughest events of the year, but it's fantastic. It is a fantastic <laughs> event. And it's a fantastic event because we actually, besides getting to hang out with each other, which is usually fun. Uh, right. We we also get to hang out with some people from the car companies, and one of the reasons that we actually, we when we first put this event together, it was just a way for us to hang out and have fun and go eat lobster and then 
we decided that, you know, we invited a couple of car company PR people and we found out that they don't really know each other that well because they don't usually go to their other events. And then we found out they never drive anybody else's cars but their own. And when they got a chance to drive a competitor car, they came away going, this was this was interesting. I learned a lot. Right. And, you know, it's fun for us because we're, when we drive in, there isn't a, one of the representatives from a car company. Normally, if you're in a Jeep, you got a Jeep guy. If right. you're in a BMW, you got a BMW guy. And they know everything about the car, and they're talking about the car. Well, when you finally flip them and put the BMW guy in the Jeep and vice versa, it's an interesting conversation because it is the first time often that they've ever had a chance to drive that car. And it's neat to hear their point of view. I'm like, oh, this is how this is different. This is how this is the same. Hey, these guys, they actually make a halfway decent car. You know, it's kind yeah. of fun. No, it, it is fun. Although I, it was it was kind of funny, and you've probably encountered this before, that you put a guy from a PR agency or that car company in a competitor's car that happens to be a stick shift, and they're like, oh, I don't know how to drive this. Yes. I did have one I felt really bad. I was, I was all excited for her to drive the car. Like, you can drive this. And she said, no, I can't. I said, why? It's your turn. Take the wheel. It's like, I can't drive a manual transmission. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, then you won't take the wheel. I'll keep yeah. driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's, that's, uh, that's always fun. But, but going, back to, going back to some of the events that you go to, is there any that really stood out as uh, something that you came away with, not just the experience about the car, but sort of the overall experience that, you know, some, some, you know, some of the events that I always get a little frustrated, you know, you, you know, Toyota does an event with the Corolla and they do it at a speedway. And you're like, yeah, really? You know, yeah. or, or, yeah. or they do, you know, or, and not that this ever happened, but, you know, they do a Corvette event in Manhattan, you know, right. and it's just, it's like, come on, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's put pieces together where they should be. And I remember years ago, I went out to a Volvo event out in uh, Arizona and, um, I got to uh, spend time in uh, the biosphere or whatever it's called, that big dome thing where, which was a little creepy because I think it was just a, (laughs) it was a privately owned, it was privately owned. I think it was just ways for people to look at people like there was a giant ant farm, but, um, and and they made that, and they made that Pauly Shore movie after it. So, um, yeah, so, but it was, but it was really, it was kind of interesting. I actually learned a lot about other things besides Volvos. Besides Volvos. You know, the one actually an event where I really truly felt like I learned a lot um, when Nissan came out with the Titan XD. Mm-hmm. That was neat because it's it's this first of all it's a truck that kind of fits in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not like other trucks. It's not as big. It's not as small. It's you know the just right truck. But they took us on. They let us drive on road with different loads hooked up to the back of the truck and with different loads in the bed. So you actually got to try it out. But then they let us take one off road, like really mm. go off road. And said, no, just don't drive it tentatively, drive it. So mm-hmm. we had a good time with it. And that was one where I walked away with a huge amount of knowledge about trucks and off-roading. Mm. So I, I hadn't expected the off-road part about that. I expected I'm going to learn how to have a trailer hooked up. I'm going mm-hmm. to have, you know, a payload. But I'm going to learn all about that. But to really get to take a truck off road and play with it, that was that was kind of fun, and you do learn a lot doing those things. Yeah, I, I know. I was at a winter an event that ended up being a winter driving event, and it was the same thing. You learned a lot about how vehicles handle in winter. And this one of them was years ago, and it was a uh, you know they brought you out in a conventional old fashioned four by four where you you know reached down and locked it into gear, and and what happened? You found that on real slick surfaces, the last thing you wanted to be was in four wheel drive because it would as you started to turn 
turn, it would actually it would actually push around the corner and spin right around. So you're like, oh, it makes in certain instances it makes more sense to be in two wheel drive than four wheel drive, and it seems very counterintuitive. But it's only something you learn when you have the opportunity. Right, and the opportunity when you have it, you know, in your own vehicle, you're always you're sort of playing it safe. You right, know, you're not going to push it because you you don't want to ruin your vehicle. You don't want to get in an accident. You, you can't really do that. So when they put you in an environment where they say, no, we kind of have this. We, you're not going to hit anything. You know, mm. You're in a place where there's no other vehicles. There's not a tree right there. Try this out and see what happens when you, you do something right, say, on the ice, or mm. you do something wrong. Do it wrong to see how the car reacts and how the systems try to keep you from getting out of control. It's a really fantastic learning experience when they set those up right. Mm. It absolutely is. Um, uh, I, I guess co-conspirator of ours, Jamie Page Deaton, uh, yes. who uh, you also write for for U.S. World, and news report. Um, we do a uh, radio show in Maine together, and the host, whenever we do the show, always asks one question, and she always says, so what are you guys driving this week? So I'm stealing her line. So what are you driving this week? I am driving the Hyundai Elantra Eco, which is the Elantra's been around for a while, but they redid it this for 2017, and the Eco is on the all-new trim, so they didn't have this before. Mm-hmm. And as you might expect, it's the fuel-efficient version. It's the one that gets great gas mileage. I can't give it to you on the spot because you didn't tell me you were going to ask. That. It's all right. That's... So, um, but no, it's, and it's actually a nice car. You know, it's a, it's a, it's an economy car. It's not a huge sedan. It's not, you know, plush and luxurious, but it has a turbocharged engine in it. So even though it's getting great fuel economy, you don't feel like you're driving a roller skate. So I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah. It's uh it's a, it's a nice car and it's a car that, um, you know, prices out, I think anywhere from, I think when we were when we were together on Tuesday, I think we said you know something like it could go from eighteen to twenty eight. It's one of those kind of yeah, cars, depending on what this, you want. The car is eighteen to twenty eight. This one, that number I do remember, it starts at twenty thousand and change mm-hmm. is the on the eco model specifically, which is actually a pretty good price when you consider the fuel economy you're getting, the space because it does have a huge trunk for this for this car. You could if you need to hide bodies, this is a trunk for it. This is it, um, huh? A huge trunk. Yeah, this is the one. And you'll have a great fuel economy where you go to wherever you need to dump them. Um, so, but uh, you, you know, bad price. the only problem with this is uh, that means there's going to be another selfie of Jamie in the trunk of a car. <laughs> because she'll be alive, so it's okay. I'm yeah. not killing her. So <laughs> because uh, for people who don't know, Jamie Page Deaton, who's the auto editor for U.S. News and World Report, uh, the last couple of cars she's driven, she's done selfies in the trunk, and the last one was the was the uh, new, and let's, we'll call it a, a Honda pickup truck because it, it's yeah. it's more of one than ever. But the but the storage compartment, she was in that the other day. So right, she was yeah. sitting in there, and she looks rather comfy. She said it was kind of spacious. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And and uh, when you're not writing about cars and lifestyle and stuff, you're also writing about. Uh, Tech and games and stuff, right? I do. I do a little bit of a sort of nerdy stuff. I write about technology. I write about games, and I cover some pop culture stuff, like like movies and music and comic books. I have a little fun on the side with my other writing. And that and that website is uh, my website is Total Fangirl yep. because it's like you know it's my yep. fangirl site. Yep. I geek out about all the stuff yep. that I love. Okay. Can Can you explain? And and I I'll start off by saying this is how it was explained to me the difference Uh-oh. between a nerd and a geek and somebody said to me well geeks actually get stuff done <laughs> I guess you could say that geeks are the ones that will fix your computer because they know what they're doing and nerds are the ones that will just talk to you about who's better Superman or Batman for twelve hours okay 
How and that? Does that help? I think that I think that I think that helps a lot. And and this morning, as I was driving to the radio station here in Quincy, I saw I would say half a dozen people idly walking down the street, following their phones, playing Pokemon Go. I, I'm going to totally fess up. Before I picked up my phone and called you, I was playing Pokemon Go with my daughter. <laughs> well, you, well, at least you threw your daughter in there too, and you weren't just doing it by yourself. I did. I'm trying to use her as an excuse, but even if she wasn't here, I'd still be playing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I, you know, because I'm I'm older than dirt, I guess. Um, you know, and I I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, you know, and and now because after we talked the other day, and you know, more and more people are talking about. It. In fact, you know, at AAA we had to put out a, an announcement to like, don't do it while you're driving, and <laughs> and uh, you know, just. Uh, you know, be aware because it was what some fifteen-year-old girl who crossed the street and you know crossed the highway because her mother said the game made her do it. Um, you know, take some personal responsibility. Be careful when you're if you're out doing this. But as I've been paying attention, and I'm I'm not going to. Well, I am going to pick on the nerd community a little bit. You can the, go ahead. Yeah, the like twenty-two-year-old guy in pajama pants that was wandering my neighborhood. Um, you know, for about three hours, staring at his phone, and I'm like, "Whew, get a job." I know. Well, you know, the fun part of the game, really, though, is like when you go out with your family or your. And I have to say, with all my airport travel, Portland. I was in Portland, uh, Oregon, and the airport there. It's just, it's so much fun to play a goofy game like that when you're stuck in an environment with all those people because you're all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you can see people like that guy looking at his phone. He's like, you're playing, aren't you? I'm like, I sure am. It's like just a little community moment as you're stuck in an airport in the layover. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's amazing how quickly it took off. Um, you know, you, because you're kind of on the leading edge of this, you kind of knew it was coming up probably a little before everybody else did, but, mm-hmm. but still, but still the idea that it's just turned into a, uh, phenomenon at least for at least for a while until the next big thing comes up until the next thing and it's even neat that businesses are using it like they're giving discounts to pokemon go players and right trying to set it up to get them in the fact my gosh a game it's been out it was a week on wednesday so it's yeah. been out for just over a week is that popularity and that many people are playing it and businesses are trying to figure out how to make an extra buck by luring in pokemon go players yeah so so far the only yeah the only businesses i talked to that lured anybody in with it all they found out was people just came in and used the bathroom and left <laughs> they're not doing it right <laughs> yeah yeah they have they have they haven't quite figured it out yet but not yeah quite yeah they're yeah Italian, but that's not it <laughs> yeah so so nicole i want to thank you for taking a little time out of your saturday morning away from your iphone you know so you can go back to trying to catch i don't know a, I, I i'm not even going to try to name the the characters. So. I would have liked to have seen you try, but okay, I'll accept it. Yeah, I'm going to go catch some Pokemon. I don't know, a blue tornado. I don't know. <laughs> there might be something called that for all I know. I'll have to check. I, I, think there, I think there is, and I'm and I and I have. I'm just ashamed that I even know. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, and we, will, and we will read you in the Globe in the next couple of weeks, right? Yes, you will, absolutely. All right, take care, Nicole. Take care. Thank Nicole. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Nicole Wakelin. Nicole Wakelin is an auto writer. She's been around for a little bit of time now, uh, quite a few years, and she writes about uh, cars and tech and geeky stuff, like she said. And check out her her webpage, totalfangirl.com, and you can follow her on Twitter and Facebook. You can just put her name in and it pops right up right away. And uh, like I said, I, I occasionally, every couple of months or so, uh, at least on Saturdays, share the Boston Globe with her. And um, I'm going to... 
I don't know who was in the Boston Globe with me today. I didn't recognize the name. But why don't we take a break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX. We'll be right back. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is proud to be New England's tire headquarters, and we're inviting you to stop by for our sizzling summer tire sale. Now through July 17th, outfit your vehicle with quality road-gripping tires and save. It's an incredible deal on Goodyear tires. Buy three Goodyear tires, get the fourth one free. Plus, save up to $140 on select Goodyear tires. It's the Goodyear tire sale you don't want to miss. And at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we'll keep your vehicle running right all summer long. Stop in for our thorough, factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASE-certified technicians will do it all. Air conditioning, brakes, batteries, steering and suspension, exhaust systems, wiper blades, and more. July is sizzling with the lowest Goodyear tire prices of the season. Buy three Goodyear tires, get the fourth one free, and save up to $140 on select Goodyear tires. See SullivanTire.com for convenient locations and complete details. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Don't miss this summer's life-changing event, SoulFest 2016, New England's largest Christian music festival. Swishfoot, Skillet, Michael W. Smith, Natalie Grant, Matthew West, Big Daddy Weed, Building 429, Matt Marr, Colton Dixon, P.O.D., and many more. SoulFest, August 4th through the 6th at the beautiful Gunstock Mountain in Guilford, New Hampshire. Get a great deal on tickets plus many other items now at our discount shopping club at WEZRadio.com or WROLradio.com. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on Salem Radio Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems. And the car that got me here today was not the same car I started the week with. I started the week with, well, not really started the week. I suppose I did, yeah. When I went to our New England Motor Press meeting, I was asked to take a car home for a day or so, and I did it. I was forced to take a Rolls-Royce Dawn home. And it it uh, I think it would I think it would typically parking it in almost every house on the South Shore driveway would double the property value. The best I can figure out with this car 
it was somewhere between three hundred fifty and four hundred thousand dollars. So, and it's only a two door. It's a convertible. It has a relatively small trunk. It has a twelve cylinder engine. Goes zero to sixty in I don't know, five and a half seconds, which is phenomenal for such a big heavy car. Um, kind of a kind of a nineteen sixties luxury car ride. That sort of floaty ride. Um, until you actually push it a little bit hard, then it firms up and actually handles pretty well for such a big car. Uh, big convertible, uh, backwards opening doors, two-door, uh, suicide-style doors. And when you open them up, they're hard to reach, so they put a power button inside at the top of the dash so you can help the door close. But that isn't how I ended up the week. I ended up the week with something a little bit more mainstream, and that was the Toyota Prius. And this is the this is the new Prius for uh, 2016. It's powered by the 1.8 liter engine with the uh, electric motor assistance. Uh, it's um, it's a Prius. There's nothing not to really like about a Prius. And as far as hybrids go, it's practical. It rides pretty well. The new one actually rides better than the older ones. It's lost some of that. A little bit edgy kind of firm ride that that kind of jostled you around a little bit. The 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 ride's a little bit better. The handling's a little bit better. Although I heard a uh, I heard a Toyota engineer doing a commercial for the Prius, and they said they bolstered the seats a little bit. They put a firmer seat in the car with a little more support because they think that uh, Prius owners will take advantage of the better handling of the car. I don't think anybody's going to drive it like a sports sedan. But if you're going to drive it like a normal car, the seats are a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more supportive. The dash is a little bit different because it uses kind of a center pod, so the speedometer is not located right in front of you. It's located to the center of the dash. Um, the small shifter with uh, this model happens to have the push-button start. little confusing, and I can see how people do it, where if you pulled up somewhere and you push the button to put it into park – you might forget to push the button to shut it off. On the other hand, if you push the start or off button, it automatically puts itself in park. So I can see how people could leave it running, in essence, and not know it's not know it's uh, running. Uh, uh, it is a hatchback still, so big hatchback. Very roomy inside, probably the equivalent room of uh, the last-generation Camry inside when you think about it. Uh, it is, Like I said, it is a four-door, five-passenger car. Uh, for people keeping track, no spare tire. Uh, it does have a air, air inflator kit, so a little compressor with a bottle of goo just in case you get a flat. Uh, fuel economy is what the Prius has always been about. 54 city, 50 highway. My combination, uh, and the EPA says 52 miles per gallon as a combination. I've been doing a little bit better than that. I've been up around 56 or 57 according to the computer readout. So been doing a little bit better than what it says. Um, all the functions you would expect to see in any modern car, lots of airbags, places to plug electronic devices in. This one has the navigation system, um, uh, upgraded stereo system. Uh, when you look at the price of it, fully delivered with uh, the carpeted floor mats and cargo mats, which are not cheap. They're $225. But with destination and handling, $29,710. Um, compared to other cars, you're going to spend a little bit less in fuel. The annual fuel cost for this car is about $850. The annual fuel cost for that Rolls Royce, I think, was uh, about 
$3,000. But then again, you're buying a Rolls Royce. That's a little bit different. But if you're thinking about buying a pre, uh, hybrid at all, and people sometimes ask me, well, I'm thinking about buying a hybrid. What do you think? I still think the Prius is one of the best. It is, uh, it's practical. It's, uh, you can put a lot of stuff in it if you need to. It's gotten more comfortable. It handles a little bit better. The styling's a little bit better, a little bit uh, more contemporary, at least for a little while until, you know, maybe we get tired of it. But right now, it's it's got a nice style to it. It just kind of does everything it looks like it should do. So it really is. It's a it's a nice car, and I still think the Prius is one of those cars that really is the best of the hybrids. I think it just does it just does a nice job. So there you go. Today's ride, the Toyota Prius. If you would like to call us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Phone lines are open. If you'd like to chit-chat about what's going on in the world today, you can give us a call. Something that's going on is Elio, the little three-wheel car. Uh, they actually have a vehicle they've been putting out. And Elio Motors last week offered a look at its first test vehicle before the planned 2017 launch of the three-wheel vehicles. And this is a three-wheel vehicle. It's kind of a little bit unique. Um, CEO Paul Elio speaking to a supplier executive uh, and legislators unveiled the first of his company's 23 E-Series vehicles to be used in safety and durability testing. testing. If you look throughout the vehicle, this is getting closer and closer to a production vehicle throughout. Elio said the company's plans to begin production of its vehicles is expected to start. Uh, the start price is expected to be about $6,800 and get up to 84 miles per gallon. And that's supposed to sometime happen after 2017 testing. Elio, which initially planned to begin production in 2014, plans production volume at a Shreveport, Louisiana plant to be at least 250,000 vehicles. Whether that happens or not at that number, I don't know. People don't always like small cars, but uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see what people really want. I think it's an interesting concept of a car, but I tried to talk to Paul Elio back probably a year ago, and he wasn't doing any media at all, so for whatever reason. So hopefully they're starting to build some cars. I think where he was originally going to have his factory, the deal fell through. So down in Shreveport, Louisiana now. Let's talk to Rick on line one. Hey, Rick. Hey there. How are you? Okay, I saw that selfie. Oh, all right. That was quick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, uh, first a uh, comment. I found found one of the hazards of being retired. I woke up this morning thinking it was that Saturday. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, just uh, just a question for you. Uh, I drove by a while back, and somebody's thrown like about a half a gallon of paint on somebody's car. Ooh. Are there, are there any ways of getting that off after it's dried um, without ruining the finish? Let's just comment on that. Well, I think I would, it, you know, depends on the kind of paint first off. Um if it is uh, latex paint, you know, I guess I'd go out and buy a gallon of goof-off and try to, you know, that stuff for the, that takes off dried latex paint and see if that actually helps. Whatever you use on it is going to, well, you could try denatured alcohol, something like that. Um, whatever that is, you could try that and then see if 
that dissolves it. But whatever you do, you're going to have to buff and wax the paint because it's going to dry out the factory paint. So you need to put that nourishment back into the paint again. Short of that, um, the only other thing you can really do is, um, you know, probably just lightly, uh, lightly wet sand it and wet sand it and wet sand it till you get down to you know, down to the point where you're down to the factory paint, and then be very, very careful at that point. But again, it, you're going to be starting off with probably you know sandpaper up around a thousand grit, and probably drop down to three thousand. But I would try. But I would try that. I would try that first, and and see what happens. Looks like we lost Rick somewhere on the line there. But uh, let's go over to line two to David. David. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. A nice morning. It is. Uh, you mentioned the fact there that uh, on board the Prius, there's some way of calculating your so-called mileage. How the hell does they calculate the mileage when part of your uh, your mileage is from the electrical end of things? Yeah. When when it when it does that through some magic algorithm, like for instance, when it's in the uh, it's in the low-speed electric mode. It uses 99 miles per gallon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Unbelievable. Yeah. What, what the hell is the point of doing that? Why don't you put some gasoline in it, fill it up to the same spot you best you can? You have to do it a few times. Yeah. Any, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, prob- the problem is because it starts up, the hybrid, the hybrid motor actually starts it up, replaces the starter. So it yeah. starts up on the hybrid. As you're sitting in a light, it's running on the electric powertrain. As sure. you're pulling away, if you're very, very easy, probably up to 30 miles an hour or so, it's running on the electric sure. motor. Yeah. So it has to, you know, it has to balance it out. But as far as actual, you know, I covered, you know, 250 miles and used, you know, five gallons of gas. Well, it's, you know, 50 miles per gallon, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. But you, uh, where do you get the uh, charging of the electricity in there? Uh, all from all from the car. No, from, not from electric. It's, it's a it's an so, actual hybrid. It's not a plug oh, in. So you're not, you're, yeah, you're not plug it in. No, okay. this is just an actual yeah. hybrid. So you're not plugging it in. So it's making the electricity See, from from the uh, from, fuel from and the, the uh, right and your braking. Braking exactly different yeah. than different than a plug in hybrid. Sure. Back back a while ago, I drove a big Volvo XC90 plug in hybrid. And you would plug that in, and it would run on the electric battery for maybe 15 or 18 miles at speeds of up to 60 miles an hour. And then, yeah, then, of course, when it's when it's doing the mileage calculation, then, you know, you have to factor in whatever factor in, source right. or, or whoever my electricity comes from these days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a kind of an impractical yeah. uh, answer. So yeah. I, you I know— Judging from uh, Volkswagen, I don't trust yeah. on anything. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you know, one of one of our listeners who lives up in the North Shore has an electric car, and she was saying that she charges her car at home mostly, and she hasn't noticed any real difference in her electric bill. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah so. Yeah. It's got to go somewhere. I mean, well, yeah, practicality. But I'm just curious when you yeah. said you no. came up with that figure. No, yeah. no, it, it's uh, it's yeah, it's one of those things. You know, uh, you know, at work. My boss for his retirement, soon to be retired, I guess. I don't know if he'll ever actually retire, but uh, he bought himself a Tesla, and uh, and he uh, he we have a charging station at work, and he has a charging station at home, and uh, and the charging station at work after two hours, it's a couple dollars an hour, and 
you know, one day I said to him, have we really sat down? Does that couple dollars an hour actually offset the amount of electricity that we buy to pump into the charging station? And he said, yeah, it actually comes out just a little, you know, uh, you know, pennies ahead right now. So, sure. so yeah, I mean, if you, you know, fully charge at 240 volts at 30 amps, you know, it's going to take you, you know, five or six hours of charge. So it's going to cost you 10 bucks to go 200 miles. So, you know, is it is it great, you know, equivalent fuel economy? Well, you know, it's not horrible, but... No, yeah. but uh, the practicality, honestly, of maintaining the internal, infernal combustion, as we'd say, yeah. engine is still, you know, for mileage and not having to deal with the uh, recharging places, yeah. et cetera, you know? No, we're starting, although, you know, we're starting to see... You know, more and more, you know, there was a lot of grant money, I guess, that actually uh, allowed for charging stations to get put in. And, you know, we're starting to see them now. You know, at first we were just starting to see them at airports and hotels. And now we're starting to see them at restaurants. And, you know, they, you know, they did a big deal. They had them in downtown Boston for a while. You know, they have them by the City Hall Plaza, which I've never actually seen an electric car park there that didn't have a state plate on it, which I thought was, I guess not the purpose that I thought they were going to be for, but at least something's getting charged up, sure. um, you know, and, and it depends on the level of charging. The Tesla, Tesla uses its own, its own style charging plug on the Tesla superchargers you see at rest areas. Um, and I don't believe those are accessible to anyone without a Tesla. So, um, uh, so but it, it just yeah. won't accept it. So yeah. It's yeah. But where the Tesla has an adapter, if you go into uh uh, you know, Somebody a Nissan, a Nissan level three charging station, you can charge off, charge off of that. Or if you go into a normal 220 volt, because they use different, they, they use, you know, you charge an electric car with either 117 volts out of the wall, 240 volts, right, we'll say, right. or, normal, or 440 normal. volts of direct current. And the, and the supercharger uses some combination of that to get them to charge up, um, you know, you can charge up a Tesla or one of their superchargers, uh, a completely, you know, almost flat battery pack, sure. charge it back up to about seventy percent in about twenty minutes. Really? Um, yeah, which is which is you know pretty pretty, pretty good. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. For a car that also goes you know zero to sixty in you know four or five seconds, depending on the model. So yeah, well, that's the torque of it. Yeah. Oh, motor. sure. There's yeah. Nothing, there's no doubt about that fact. You know? No. No, oh, very no. good, John. We'll All right, enjoy your week. All right, you as well. Take care. Bye bye now. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems, or questions, or and I wonder what happened with the Bay State Car Show last week. I wonder how it went because the weather was iffy. It was. I don't think it was a total rainout. Of course, I was not here. I was down the Cape and. I always make these idle threats that I'm going to be coming to the show, but I never do because I'm not allowed to. That's what it comes down to. Uh, uh, according to the uh, Jeep chief, the Wagoneer and Grand Ra- Wagoneer are likely, and probably upscale Grand Cherokees, Jeep's Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer luxury SUVs due after 2019 will be upscale versions of the redesigned Grand Cherokee, says Mike Manley, he's the head of Jeep, says the two nameplates will be closer to luxury trim levels than wholly separate vehicles, Manley said. I really wanted them to be wholly separate vehicles. That's what I was looking for. The Wagoneer name represents historically the pinnacle of premium for the Jeep world, but in the same way as you can have a Overland and a Summit, 
and you can have different trim levels. So could you imagine the use of Wagoneer to denote a really premium vehicle? Grand Wagoneer takes it to the very next level. If you use it exactly the same naming strategy, that's exactly how I would use the trims. The uh, CEO of Ford Chrysler said they expect uh, the plant to make some of those vehicles that are also, I guess, made where the um, where the uh, um, pickup trucks are being made. So we'll have to wait and see. Also, Mitsubishi is hinting at a high-end SUV coupe. So it looks very much like a Range Rover Evoque. Mitsubishi is dangling a new high-end SUV coupe concept to showcase a new direction. The Grand Tour concept will debut at the Autumn uh, Paris Auto Show. A teaser photo of the coupe utility shows a lowered riding body and a narrower greenhouse, so very much like the um, like the Land Rover Evoque. So high-end luxury for Mitsubishi? Hmm. Let's talk to John. So, did you need an umbrella? Uh, good morning, sir. Good morning. Oh, actually, it turned into a very nice mid-September day. Well, that that's, you know, I was thinking that on, uh, even on Saturday, I was thinking, well, that was a nice summer we had. Well, it was very interesting because, of course, when I get up to go out at 5 o'clock in the morning, it was the end of the world. And I said, well, you got to go anyway because there's always a few crazies that show up. Right. But by 7 o'clock, it had cleared up and uh, stayed very well. And uh, 8, 9 o'clock, they started to roll in. And I'd say we had a, a good turnout, two-thirds or so of what okay. we normally would have had. Okay, so nice then. Yeah, yeah. It continued our record of no rainouts. Yeah, no, it, it was it was, uh, it was funny. All, you know, all day on Sunday, I kept looking at the weather for Dedham, and I was kind of thinking, I think they can pull it off. I think they can pull it off. I know it rained at a lot of other locations, which kept people home. But uh, you can only do what you can do. No, no, it, it's. Uh, I'm glad that it was. Uh, so next year will be year what? Forty two. Uh, yeah. Yep. Huh? Yep. Well, that's the one I'm coming to. Uh, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to record this and hold you to it because uh, most of the people who knew us saw you have passed away by now. <laughs> well, that uh, you might you might be on to something with that. I hope not. <laughs> Thank you anyway All right. for the encouragement. All right. Good job for us. All right. Take okay, care, John. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go over to line two to Mike. Hi, Mike. Good morning, John. How are you? Good, Joe. Thank you. I was calling to speak with you about the Prius that you um, – just reviewed. But, yep. Um, I was also going to mention that at when I listened to you last week, I um, ended up going to the Endicott Estate for my first time. Oh, okay. I, I enjoyed it a lot, and I guess because maybe not as many people came as John just mentioned, mm-hmm. that, uh, I may have either I was able to park close to that, or I got your parking space that they left for you or something. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's really good. Okay, so Prius, you mentioned that that does have one of those. Um, Air compressors? Yeah, instead of a spare tire. Is the spare tire an option, do you know? Is the, it do does, to me, it doesn't look like it would fit in the well. So even the donut hole? Uh, you know, I, I didn't take all the styrofoam out of it because I was just I was actually putting some stuff in the back of it yesterday, and I lifted up the cover where you would expect to find the spare tire, and there's a styrofoam block with, with uh, where you know, there's still a lug wrench, but there's also a... Um, little air compressor, a little little bottle of air compressor goo, 
and it didn't to me look like a small spare could fit in there, but it maybe if you took everything all out, it may in fact fit, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, you know, John, I appreciate you mentioning whether or not it has a spare. Um, you know, and you're seeing some of the manufacturers going back to putting at least the donut. Absolutely, tire. yeah. It even as an option, you know, that kind of thing. The other thing I want to ask you about the Prius, what did you think of the interior styling and the, uh, I guess, the three white pieces that are sort of stuck there in the... Yeah, interior? I felt like I went into a little bit of a modern art exhibit. <laughs> um, you know, I, I it was not, I, I will have you know people look some people have looked at it and they said they really liked it. It's not my style, but you know I you know beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You know, so I thought it was a little too contemporary for my tastes. I, if I may, I went to the you know the, the auto show yep. and, uh, and every time that I was at the the Prius and somebody else is there. Tell me what were they thinking? You know, they mm. hated it. Yeah, I I, I'm not sure what the purpose is. I might get it if you had white interior, but yeah, this and this one has this one has as you know, black as black can be seats, and the black and white just looks too Art Deco contrasty to me. But but it, it was funny. A, a younger person looked at it, and she when she opened the door and looked at it, she's I really like the looks of that, and I'm like, well, well, okay, you're one. You know, uh, yeah, well, fine. That's yeah. the people I was speaking with. All they kept thinking was, "Yeah, this is that for them." A lot of them that was a deal breaker. They said they couldn't look at it every day. Yeah, sitting in the thinking, why did they do this? You yeah, know, I was hoping maybe some aftermarket guy could come over with some sort of covers or something. To yeah, play so yeah. Possibly. I would have. You know, I would have probably. I mean, if I, I'm, I. You know, I can barely figure out what socks match with things, but um, but if it was me, I think I would have gone to you know, it's kind of a high tech car. I probably would have gone to like a a brushed aluminum sort of look, or you know, which would probably or or even a you know brushed grayish plastic kind of look, which I think with the black interior would have looked a lot nicer. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, the white just the white looks too stark to me. It looks like one of those. I I still say it looks like one of those modern rooms you go in that has three pieces of furniture in a fifteen by eighteen room, and you kind of go, well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, how, where's the rest of the stuff? And it's just it, you know, it's just. But again, it's not my. I'm you know, like I said, I I, I know nothing about design, so it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. But I'll leave you with this. I was reading one of the auto magazines review of this. One of the guys that had taken it out, and he. Basically, generally like you, like the car, but yeah. the comment he left <laughs> was about the white. He mm. said it reminded him of a stormtrooper's bedpan. So, wow. Wow. In the, yeah. the console area. So that's kind of how I yeah. think about it as well, too. So, well, yeah, anyway, all right, John, thank you very you, much. You know, you, know, you say stormtrooper like that, and, you know, I'm kind of going back to Nicole, who's, uh, you know, who's a big geek and then i think of star wars and i think of the characters with all the white armor on yeah and i'm thinking there's a little bit of that in there it is yeah 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 hmm something to think about yeah yeah but as far like but overall the car the car was the car's a nice car to drive and you know, I've I think I put a couple hundred miles on it, and the gas gauge has barely moved yet. So that's always kind of a nice thing. So, 
Yeah, for me, actually, though, the interior piece is really kind of a deal breaker. Yeah, yeah. So you, you just get you got to get out there with a sharpie and decorate it or something. Yeah, yeah. Either that, it takes a lot of that black duct tape. Or yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, or I, you know, and seriously, probably if you if, you, if it was really a deal breaker, I bet you could get. Uh, you could get the film that they apply to change color of cars today. You know, it's not just clear film to oh, yeah. uh, protect against chips. And you could do, you could do, uh, you know, any number of colors that somebody could put on there, stretch it, heat it, put it around there, and it would be like it was painted. And then, if you in five years you didn't like it, you can pull it off. You know, heat it up and pull it off. So there's there's options to make up for, you know what you and I don't like for design. You know, it was kind of a funny story. Years ago, and this was back when Toyotas were designed in Japan, um, the Toyota designers in, or the Toyota folks in the United States said, we need to do something with the interiors of our cars. They look dated. They're not contemporary. They don't look up. They don't look the way we think they should look. And we need to jazz them up a little bit. And in the 80s, to the Japanese designers in Japan, they came back with Camrys with that plaid interior. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess it's it's careful how you cal- you know how you translate the design. So, but you know maybe yeah. out in you know maybe out in the California Design Center with Toyota, they looked at this and said that is phenomenal. That's stunning. That's just what we want. And and uh, it just I don't think it plays well here in you know east of the Mississippi. So. Yeah, they say yeah. play in Peoria. Yeah. Forever bad would have worked for back then. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, John, I think okay. you found a niche over here, something to say, a business you can do about. <laughs> yeah, there, there, we, there we go. Yeah, All right. Take care, Mike. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030, Let's talk to Charlie. Charlie? Hi, John Paul. How are you, sir? Fine and dandy. I, as you know, I got a 2002 Focus wagon, and uh, I went to jack it up the other day. And, and, and the jack, I use a floor jack yep. usually, and I made up a wooden piece of wood to, to hit that piece of tin that you're supposed to jack. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it crunched right, Uh-oh. It crunched right through it like there was no tomorrow, which means I couldn't jack it with that. I had to get under one of the, uh, where the springs are. Yeah. So that, does that mean I have to carry my floor jack around with me now? Well, that could be a problem if you ever get a flat tire, yeah. Wow. I mean, how dangerous is the rest of the car? I mean, well. It seems to me it shouldn't rust out like that. You, you know, wouldn't. The showed was, you know, the lowest. Yeah. Time. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny. You know, your 2002 Ford Focus to me, I say 2002, and that to me sounds new, but it's 14 years old. And it's and, only fifty eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, but it's still fourteen years old. But right. you think about that. Go back to you know, go back to nineteen sixty or so. You know, if you had a fourteen year old car in nineteen sixty, the thing would be all rotted out. You'd be looking for tin to weld into the floors, and you know, and cars today don't rust out the way they do, but eventually they do. And go back to the thirties; they didn't rust. They were all heavy. Iron. Well, yeah, they were. They, yeah, they they were they were they were much heavier. But yeah, I mean, it, it's you know we we kind of you know cars last so much. I remember the very first car I bought when I was sixteen. I think was ten years old, but you know it was one of those cars. wasn't even that; it was probably eight years old. But it was one of those cars that you know it was like eight years old. How long do you expect it to last? Yeah. Um, well, the only yeah. thing I'm scared of now is. Uh, how those brake lines are now because I haven't looked at them. Right. 
Yeah, and, and, and you're right on the money with that, too, Charlie, because that's what we're seeing in a lot of the Ford GM cars, especially from 98, 99, 2000, 2001, um, The brake lines are all starting to rust out. In some cases, the fuel lines are rusting out. The transmission lines are fu- rusting out. What would be a good idea would be to get that car up on a lift somewhere and get a good, really a good, good look under it and right. look at the brake lines and look at it structurally, too, just to make sure that... You know, if, heaven forbid, you got in some kind of crash, you know, the Focus doesn't have a lot of metal around you to start off with, but the metal that's there, you want it to be solid. It's kind of, kind of thin and rotting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good on the outside. The outside looks like a brand new Yeah, car. no, no it, it's, uh, you're not the only one. Um, the Nissan Altima, uh, which was a pretty neat little car, um, those were all, all the the frame rails and sub and floors were all starting to rot out in, you know, 2000 or so. And But the body of the car, the fenders didn't have a spot of rust on it. You look at the car and go, oh, what a nice little car. And then you go under it and go, wow, it looks like a Flintstone mobile under here. Well, they should have something more solid than jacket, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. You know, even even at work, what we do is, um, um, you know, real easy for a lot of people is they always throw a jack under the corner of the fender where the pinch weld is. And I, you have yeah. to be careful because you'll bend that. So we actually made up adapters that go into the end of the floor jack with a groove cut in it that fits right in that pinch weld so it yeah. doesn't do any damage. And, you know, at home, you know, I... I I didn't get that fancy. I just cut a I just cut a slot in a in a four by four block, so it kind of basically did the same thing. And you know, if I'm just jacking it up, it can it can hold it and doesn't you know doesn't damage anything. And you well, know, I made a block and the block won't reach. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then you know, it probably did it actually punch a hole in it or just fold the metal up a little? Oh, punched straight up to the floor. Uh, uh, I don't. I thought it was going to come up through the floor. I didn't know. I didn't get under. The yeah, floor. yeah. So. Yeah. Why not get out? <laughs> yeah, you might. You know, in the meantime, you might want to just you know try to look under there and see what's going on, and if yeah, anything, try to you know, have it checked out. <laughs> you know, do something to just keep the water. You know, you don't want water coming up in there or anything. So, <laughs> no. yeah. Okay. All right. Good luck, Charlie. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Why don't we take another break and uh, see what's going on? When we come back. We're going to do a trivia question based on a Jeep. Well, not a new Jeep, but not a really, well, maybe it's old compared to a lot of people, but it's still old. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on Salem Radio Boston. We will be back. Living in and around Boston is expensive, but that shouldn't stop you from calling it home. City of Boston Credit Union is here to help with low-rate mortgages, home equity loans, first-time buyer programs, and more. And because they're member-owned, they treat each member like they want to be treated, like people, not credit scores. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. For today's rates, visit cityofbostoncu.com or call 617-635-4545. Equal housing lender, all loans subject to credit approval. NMLS number 403469. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, 
Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is proud to be New England's tire headquarters, and we're inviting you to stop by for our sizzling summer tire sale. Now through July 17th, outfit your vehicle with quality road-gripping tires and save. It's an incredible deal on Goodyear tires. Buy three Goodyear tires, get the fourth one free. Plus, save up to $140 on select Goodyear tires. It's the Goodyear tire sale you don't want to miss. And at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we'll keep your vehicle running right all summer long. Stop in for our thorough, factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASE-certified technicians will do it all. Air conditioning, brakes, batteries, steering and suspension, exhaust systems, wiper blades, and more. July is sizzling with the lowest Goodyear tire prices of the season. Buy three Goodyear tires, get the fourth one free, and save up to $140 on select Goodyear tires. See SullivanTire.com for convenient locations and complete details. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. WROL Boston. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Well, I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillacs. Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by And sometimes I'd hang my head and cry Cause I always wanted me one that was long and black one day Okay, I Johnny, thanks. That's a great song. That's a great song. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to call us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Tom. Tom? Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. It seemed like it warmed up during the night. They said it was up to 78 degrees in you, Boston. Yeah, when I got up this morning, I had I had the news on, and it said 70. We were starting the day at 78 today, and I said, <laughs> I said, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's all, almost time to put that air conditioner in the window, I think. <laughs> yeah, funny. You haven't put it in yet? No, no. Oh, come on. Well, it was funny. Last... Two years ago, yeah. I, I don't, and I live in a very small house. And two years ago, we didn't even we didn't even put the air conditioner in. And last year, I think we put it in. And as soon as we put it in, it cooled off. And and it's just between going on vacation, you know, we were on vacation last week, yeah. and it's like I, I it wasn't even worth the effort to do it. And you know, I'll I'll decide I'll decide when my when my wife comes home on my wife's uh, my wife's down the Cape. And when she comes home on Monday, whether I, we need to do it or not. So the next question I would ask you, are you near water or something? Did you get a breeze? Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Abington is not near the water. <laughs> Island Grove. That's yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, and I'm not near that either. So, no. 
They got a question about my wife's vehicle. She's yeah. got the 2003 Dodge Grand Caravan. Yep. I would say percentage-wise, 70% of the time the speedometer works. 30% of the time it doesn't work. Mm. So I'm thinking old school. Well, the cable going down mm. to the transmission. If it had a cable. If it had a cable. Yeah. Now I'm being told that it's in the training. Yeah, it it probably it probably is. But it also could be the speed sensor that runs that. Um, but but you would have to you would have to look at it. It also could be that was that was a weird year. They had some uh, they had some uh, computer module issues with with some of those where they just you know they didn't work they didn't work correctly. And now when it doesn't work, does the odometer part work or is just the pointer doesn't move? Let me let me find out. Did you ever find out the old dog? No, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. So yeah, so it could be it. You know, it could be a. Uh, so if the odometer works, then what? Well, that's that's telling that's telling me that probably the speedometer head itself um, might be bad. If yeah. nothing's working, it's probably the body control module or so or the or the it's it's actually like a little computer bus wiring that runs to that. So it's one of those things that it actually has to be it actually has to be checked out with um, with a tool. So, but usually usually what happens is if it's if there's no movement at all, it's sometimes it's the cluster itself, and other times it's the it's the if you want the wiring between the cluster and the body control module. Um, you know if it's. If because why I was wondering if it's if when it stops working if the odometer is still working that's just like a um, almost like it's inaccurate because then it's just not giving you the right information and okay. that's and that's something that might just be able to be um, corrected without without a lot of work I think I think though you're going to find out it's probably an internal cluster failure which is not a 1995 part right no. No, not that. That might be one. That might be one of those things you kind of go. Um, I'm not really all that interested in fixing it. I don't know. You know, I can't. I. It can probably be pulled out, and it can probably be sent out to be repaired. It's not a lot of labor. It's only. It's probably only an hour's worth of labor to pull the dash apart and pull the speedometer up and put a new one in. But I bet that. I bet that's a pretty expensive part, though. You're saying it's in the dash rather than in the transmission. Yeah, I don't think it's. I think you're going to find it's probably not in the transmission. I mean, the only way you can tell is you got to put a you got to put a, a, a scanner on there and, and see if you're getting a reading off the transmission. But I'm willing to bet more often than not on that it's a bad cluster. So I won't be lying when I get pulled over by the police and he says, "Do you know how fast you're?" Oh, uh, you know, you know what they say about ignorance in the law. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, you can say you can say, you know it's like saying, "Oh, I thought it was kilometers." You know, it doesn't work either. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope you have an opportunity to at least try your AC this year. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I what I'd rather have is like eight nice eighty degree days and nice sixty five degree nights. That would be oh, perfect. Ideal. Yeah. Ideal. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's that's the way to go. Or or you know, or else I'm going to be going out to eat a lot or something where it's air conditioned. So. Well, you got best of both worlds. There you go. There you Listen, go. Have a great. All weekend. right, you too, Thanks Tom. Take time. care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Well, we know Jeep for a lot of things, the Wagoneer, the Grand Wagoneer, but they also, in the 80s, made a small pickup truck 
What was the name of the small pickup truck? Trivia. So what was the name of the small pickup truck the Jeep made? Do you know the answer? Give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. What is the name of the small pickup truck the Jeep made? 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. And we will give you, and I never gave it away last time for whatever reason, we will give you a AAA membership. And if you're already a AAA member, thank you very much. You can also use this membership to pay for part of your renewal. Uh, I We talked about this the last couple of weeks, and it's still worth talking about again. An, urging, an urgent warning on airbags. Some Honda, Honda owners are told to get their cars fixed now. U.S. regulators turned up the urgency on their pleas to repair uh, recalled Takata airbag inflators warning owners of certain 2001 to 2003 Honda and Acura vehicles to stop driving them after new data showed the vehicles um, are much more likely to get in trouble in a crash. If the airbag deploys, you could be seriously hurt or potentially killed. So if you own a 2001 to 2003 Honda Civic, um, Nitzer is saying don't drive the car. Like one of our listeners who wrote to me said, who happened to be from Abington as well, said he mentioned it to his, I believe, his daughter who had one of these cars, and she brought it to the dealer, and they fixed it the next day uh, based on me talking about it. So it's worth talking about, again, if you own a 2000, 2001 to 2003 Honda Civic um it's one of the 313,000 Honda and Acura vehicles that should not be driven until the airbag inflators are replaced or repaired or whatever they're doing with them. So um, talk to your Honda dealer immediately and try to get that taken care of as soon as possible. VW, for one reason or another, has yet to ask the EPA for sales okay. Volkswagen dealers eager to hear about their resuming sales of the new diesels will have to keep doing what they've been doing right now, and that's wait. So 10 months they've been waiting after U.S. officials announced the $15 billion Volkswagen settlement in uh, late June. The EPA officials told Automotive News that Volkswagen still hadn't applied for the agency's approval needed to sell the cars. It's not what I heard from a Volkswagen dealer, by the way, but I don't know why. Uh, speaking of Volkswagens, I was driving the Volkswagen Denim Edition car the other day, and my wife has a Volkswagen, and her car has the turbine-style wheel covers on it, and the Denim Edition had the chrome trim rings and center caps, and her car had the same center caps, and I kind of liked the looks of the chrome trim rings on the black car. So I took them off, swapped them around, and put them on her car and said, what do you think? And she looked at it and said, oh, I like the looks of them better on my car than I do on the other car. And the weird part is I like the looks of the turbine-style wheel covers on the denim edition on the denim edition car. And I said, well, I could just switch them and not tell anyone. And she said, you can't do that. So I didn't do that. Uh, I put the ones back where they belong and put – and went to and I started shopping around trying to find wheel covers. And I wanted the factory ones, the factory Volkswagen wheel covers. And I looked on the internet where everybody looks for things. And I called the local Volkswagen dealer and I said, How much are these trim rings? And they said, $91 a piece. 
which is a ridiculous amount of money for what is essentially a plastic, a chrome-plated plastic trim ring. And uh, then I went on the Internet and I found a couple of different places where they were selling them cheaper. And I went back and forth and back and forth. And finally, I found on eBay, a local Volkswagen dealer has a eBay auction site. And I went to the eBay auction site. And they had them for four for two hundred and thirty nine dollars, which is still a ridiculous amount of money, by the way. They should be four for fifty dollars is what these things should cost. But I decided to buy them. Although when I got to the dealership, they I said, Yeah, I want to get four of these trim rings. And they said they're ninety one dollars each. And I said, No, they're on your website. And he looks them up and he goes, Oh, they're seventy eight dollars each. And I said, No, no, they're on eBay on your website. And he and I showed him a picture of it, and he went, "Oh yeah, okay." So, so three different prices to get to it, but finally, but and even a coworker of mine, who um, who has a friend who works at a a big Volkswagen dealership, uh, happens to be in Rhode Island, called him up and said, "Hey, what's the cost on these? Can I buy them at cost?" And they claim the cost was seventy one dollars a piece. So. Um, so they cost seventy one and sell them for sixty. You can slowly put yourself bankrupt doing that, I guess. Let's see. Uh, let's see how smart Joe is here. Joe, hello, hello. Yeah, uh, Jeep Scrambler. No, no, no. But good try though. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank All you. right. Take care. Uh, let's try Peter. Peter. Hello, John. Hello, Peter. It's not a citation. No, it's not a citation. <laughs> Gladiator? No. No. Or at least not the one that I'm thinking. Uh, okay. You know, I, I guess I'll say I, I guess I'll say it's a variation of the Cherokee. Oh, okay, because in the 70s it was Gladiator. Yep, but this was in the 80s. Hey, you got to move up. Yeah, you got to move up. Yeah, that's a long time for you. I know, John. Yeah. We move like an iceberg here. <laughs> you know, it's it's sort of that big ships turn slowly kind of thing, you know? So Right, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank good you. good try, Peter. Okay. All right. All right. We'll go over to line three to John. John? Yes, hi. Good morning, John. Good morning. I think I have the answer. I think it is Jeep Wrangler. No. Right. No. No. They probably and, and I'll say I'm not even sure they can you know, it was a pickup truck variant of the Cherokee, and it was from 84 to actually, um, let's see, 84 to 92, it says here. Um, I just happened to see one the other day, and it reminded me of it, and I hadn't seen one for a long time. So we'll let people keep guessing. Oh, wow. All right. All right. Thanks, John. So, okay, a little bit of a hint. It was, uh, according to Wikipedia, at least, because... You know, Wikipedia never lies, right? Uh, this particular, it was designated the MJ, and is a pickup truck variant of the Cherokee, uh, according to Wikipedia, from 1984 to 1996, manufactured marketed by Jeep for model years 85 to 92, uh, in rear-wheel drive and four-wheel drive as well, with two cargo bed lengths, a six- and a seven-foot length, Um during the mid-80s, according to AMC chairman Paul Tippett, people were finding trucks a reasonable and sophisticated alternative to cars to satisfy the demands with Japanese competitors. Uh, both AMC and Chrysler were preparing pickups for the 86 and 87 model year. 
Also at this time, the financial health of AMC was poor, so they were working on it. And this car was introduced, or this vehicle was introduced in mid-August 1985 at a lavish event staged in a ballroom at the MGM Hotel and Casino, and uh, which is now currently Bally's, apparently, for AMC's over 1,500 North American dealers. American Motors included uh, Chinese officials as part of negotiations. Goes on and on and on, but it is, uh, but that's that's about all I can tell you about it according to Wikipedia. Let's see what Rich knows. Rich, good morning, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Hot. Hot. Uh, hot. How about Jeep uh, Renegade? How about no? Okay. <laughs> all right, thank you. All right. Thank you. And let's see, how about, we'll try Mike. Mike? Hi, John. How are you? Good morning. Good, and you? Good. Uh, Was it the uh, Jeep Comanche? It was the Jeep Comanche. You are absolutely right. Thank you. You are absolutely right. So I'll tell you what, stay right there. We'll put you on hold, and we'll get your address down, and we'll send you out something nice, okay? Okay, thank you, All right, stay right there, Mike. So Karen will take care of Mike. And I'll get back to business here. If you would like to call us and talk about your car or whatever's on your mind in the automotive business, you can call us, and we'll try to fill you in the best we can. Volkswagen Group aims to sell 1 million electric vehicles and plug-in hybrids by 2025, in my opinion, if they stay in business still. And I I think they will. I don't think there's any issue. They're they're a huge, huge company. Uh, But Volkswagen Group expects... It will have to sell about 1 million battery electric and plug-in hybrid vehicles a year worldwide by 2025 to fulfill its increasingly strict carbon dioxide emission limits um, in major markets. It's simple. The CO2 legislation in various regions will mean every OEM is compelled to offer e-mobility. And Volkswagen weighs a second platform for EVs. Volkswagen is examining whether its modular architecture for, architecture for electric car under, develop, under development dubbed MEB, is flexible enough for a top-of-the-line Phaeton or whether a second group platform is needed. When Volkswagen said in October it was developing this platform, described the system for compact cars and light commercial vehicles, and that's what the BUD-E, B-U-D-D-E concept, which is sort of the newest version of the microbus, which is going to be all electric, which we'll have to wait and see whether that really happens or not. Time will tell. Is I don't know. Why don't we take another break? I think we have some things we have to pay for around here. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening to Salem Radio Boston. We'll be right back. Attorney spokesman. Attorney John Sheehan, Los Angeles, is responsible for this content. This ad is not legal advice. Choice of lawyer should not be made solely by advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Have you or a loved one suffered from ovarian cancer? If you use talcum or baby powder, you may have a claim against the manufacturer. Please call 800 888 8888 now. If you or a loved one suffered from ovarian cancer, you may be entitled to compensation. Please call Salino and Barnes now at 800 888 8888. Ovarian cancer? Call 800 888 8888. 
At creditrepair.com, we know life happens. Divorce, medical bills, student loans, and many other reasons why credit scores may fall. Our proven process helps remove inaccurate and unfair negative items like late payments, collections, charge-offs, even bankruptcies from your credit report. And that can lead to a higher credit score. The consultation is free and includes a free credit score and credit report. So call us now at 800-651-5845, 800-651-5845. Hot baseball action, cool deals on Paw Sox tickets. Come on out to McCoy Stadium on Friday night, July 29th, and check out the Local 9 taking on the Scranton Rail Riders. Enjoy a free all-you-can-eat barbecue with all the fixings before the game. Tickets are usually $29, but right now you can get them for half price. For only $14.50, visit our discount shopping pages at wezradio.com or wrlradio.com and enjoy watching the stars of tomorrow under the stars in Pawtucket. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. On the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West L.A. Or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me Oh, but that one night Was more than just right And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Every once in a while, I have to look at the Globe and see what I actually wrote, which is always kind of interesting because I write these columns, especially this was the week I was on vacation. So I wrote, I think, three columns a month ago so I could have one when I was going on vacation, one while I was on vacation, and one that I could turn in as soon as I got back from vacation so I wouldn't have to do it that same day. And... uh I, I kind of looked at these questions and went, oh, yeah, I kind of remember these now. But one of them says, uh, all I need or want is a simple basic car. It should be midsize, comfortable for two. Uh, and, and it was kind of funny. It's the person actually wrote, it has, it has to be comfortable for two older couples. And uh, it said, a, a plain radio, modern braking, and easy to service. Everything I've been riding in lately has too many useless and complicated features I don't want. 
And I said, the first car that comes to mind is Toyota Camry LE. It has all you want and very little more. The Camry is very dependable. Anyone can service it. And I think that's a pretty good choice and probably not overwhelming technically. And what happens is some of the standard cars, you know, you know, cars that we always thought of as pretty traditional cars, Ford Fusion, Buicks, you know, Chevrolet Malibu, they're putting a lot of extra technology in the cars because that's what some people want. And it's funny, Toyota, which has a lot of technology, kind of buries their technology sometimes and you don't always see it. Um, person says, I just paid my local Toyota dealer $390 to fix off a chewed, to fix a chewed off knock sensor wire and clean out related mouse nests behind the manifold in my 2014 Tacoma pickup truck. At first, it looked like I would have to pull a cylinder head to get to the problem, estimated $1,600, but fortunately, they didn't have to do so. Mice have been giving my neighbors fits lately, too, damaging wires, plug-in heaters, AC systems. Any advice on what can be done to keep these rodents out from under the hood? Chipmunks are almost as bad, the shop guy says. And this is a question now I'm getting every week. Uh, And it's one person is just calling a chipmunk Alvin now. He's getting so used to seeing them around his house. Um, And, in fact, Honda has a rodent wrap. It's It's like a metal tape that you wrap around the wiring harnesses that apparently doesn't taste good. So when the mice go to eat it, it doesn't taste good. Um, you could try spraying things with stuff that they might not like the taste of. Uh, there are a couple products you can you can buy that uh, Critter Away is one that uh, there's one that smells like peppermint and one that smells I don't know what it smells like, but it's not pretty. And that's the one I've actually used. I figure if it smells bad to me, it must smell bad to predators. Uh, or smell bad to mice and rodents and other things. Um, there is some things you could always get. You could always get a barn owl or falcon or something to eat small rodents, I suppose. But then you have to work at that problem. Um, but you could try the commercial repellents. Um, you know, the other thing is if you have anything that attracts mice and things like uh, bird feeders, um uh, Hummingbird feeders, because of the the sugar water you put in, appeals to the mice. Uh, You know, other bird feeders, some people will use things like uh, grape jelly to attract Orioles. All those things can attract mice and chipmunks and squirrels and all that sort of stuff. And the same reason they get attracted could also be attracted to your car. The other thing is um, Today's cars use, instead of a petroleum-based wiring and petroleum-based foam in the car, even the seats in today's car, uh, you know, all most foam is made out of petroleum of some sort or another. Now they're using soy-based materials, which is more environmentally friendly, but apparently is tasty. So it's tasty to the little critters. Uh, somebody wanted to know about a Toyota Highlander EXL, wanted to know my opinion and uh, I said there's nothing like a midsize SUV. The six-cylinder engine delivers lively performance. Fuel economy, not terrific. Low 20-mile-per-gallon range. Seating is pretty comfortable. You can actually squeeze seven adults in it. And my favorite question came, and this was kind of a long question. My question is about expert auto reviews. 
do these experts, you included, expect too much from lower-priced vehicles? I was looking for a lower-priced small SUV, but the reviews of the Mitsubishi Outlander Sport led me to think it was totally unsuitable for use. I contacted a few dealers and surprised they weren't offering huge discounts in light of the reviews. Eventually, a dealer offered me a 2015 Outlander Sport leftover at a discounted price of more than $7,000. I decided to try it out. I traded my 2013 Nissan Rogue. I find the Outlander Sport to be equal or superior to my Rogue in just about every category, but storage space and interior appearance. The engine doesn't seem anywhere near as noisy as described, and the CVT seems smoother than the Rogue. The vehicle rides a little rougher, but rides on 55 series tires, 18-inch wheels. Um, Handling seems similar, and despite the lower gas mileage figures, I actually seem to get better mileage around town. What do you think? And I said, some automotive journalists, I believe, do get jaded by high-end vehicles. I hope that is not the case with me. I actually like the comparison between one and the other. Um, I try to evaluate each vehicle on its own merits. And actually, sometimes I'll use my almost 10-year-old Hyundai as a comparison vehicle and say, well, I hope it's much better than that. But Regarding the Outlander Sport, it actually won an award from the New England Motor Press Association called the Yankee Value Award, just a good value and a good vehicle. And it may be actually my next vehicle when it's time to buy one. Let's go to John on line one. John? John? John, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I got a question about a uh, 96 Suburban. You've been a lot of help through the years with us. And it's kind of, it's my son's driver now. Uh, it used to be my wife's. But he's got an electrical problem. He's just driving along, and it will shut down. Is there anything we can put in the uh, onboard diagnostic port that will give us a code on that? Or uh, nothing. Uh, no, no codes on the uh, yeah. diagnostic trouble code. Yeah, but it just all of a sudden just shuts right off. Yeah. Yeah. And what? How does it just restart? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the ignition, I wonder if the ignition switch is worn out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It could be just backing off enough, just enough to shut the car off. And just internally, just, you know, when you go to start it, try, try just, you know, starting, starting the truck up and then just sort of, while it's running, just sort of wiggle the ignition. Yeah. Just a little bit, not enough to, you know, even get it past a detent, just enough to wiggle it and see if you get the engine to. Shudder and shake a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I would start. I would start there. Yeah, anything you put in, you know, anything you know, if you if you put a, a, a scanner in there and you had reading the scanner until it happened, and there are these trip recording scanners too. Um, but anything that happens in there, I, unless it tells you all of a sudden you lost, you know, you lost, uh, you know, input to the computer or what, you know, whatever, you know, there's a million different things it can look at. But um, but I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe something simple that you know you're driving along you hit a bump and all of a sudden you lose power for one reason or another and then you just restart it. If you said to me, well, yeah, I go to restart it and it cranks and cranks for a few minutes before it fires up, then I'd say, well, you know, maybe you got a bad fuel pump or fuel pump connection or something like that. You know, one of those kind of things. But it doesn't sound like you have that problem. It's, to me, it sounds like it's just starting right back up again. Yeah, well, like I said, it's my son's driver now, so that. that that's why he described it to me. Yeah, so I could uh, clarify with that him, but we'll, we'll definitely check the uh, ignition switch. Okay, that's where it start. Okay. Okay. All right. Good luck with it. Dick. All right. Take care. Let's go real quick to Frank. Frank. 
John Paul. Yes, sir. Problem with the uh, 2008 Ford VN. When I go to the gas station to fill it up, it keeps shutting off. It'll take like uh, you know half a gallon of gas, and it's cut off. And I got a 28 gallon tank. I was going to. I was going to think you, your problem with your 2000 Ford VN is you're always putting gas in it. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. No, there's a there's there's a uh, there's a vent on the tank. Um, and it's probably the vent is either clogged with dirt or mud or something, and it's not it's not letting the tank vent when you go to fill it. It's either that or it's something weird, like the the hose collapsed to the fill. But there's a part as part of the evaporative emission system. There's a vent in the tank, and either the valve is stuck or it's clogged up or broken or something along those lines. So is it in yeah. the tank or is it? Is well, it's it's it's, it's next to next to the tank. It's next, next to, to the tank. Yeah, yeah. This was this was uh, kind of funny. There was a bunch of cars that uh, a lot of the small SUVs, for one reason or another, would start to get some um, mud and dirt built up underneath them, and then for some reason or other, some kind of spider would build up inside it. And all it took was a spider web inside the valve, and that would cause it, the valve to clog up just enough where it wouldn't vent. You'd be sitting there trying to put half a gallon of gas in your time in the tank at a time, and it's probably the same sort of thing. So you got to look at the vent system for the tank. Yeah, because uh, that usually happened with the uh, taco grills or the propane. Oh, yeah, same, yeah, kind of the same idea, yeah. 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 Well, thank you very much. Okay. Bill. All right, good luck. Thanks, bye. All right, bye-bye. Hey, look, it's John Costello right over there, <laughs> hanging out hanging out in the studio. Hanging out in the studio. Aren't you supposed to be on vacation or weren't you no, on? No, not until uh, last week of July, first week of August. First week in August, okay. Hitting the cake. All right, okay. We're going to have some wobbly pop. All right. Okay. You can grab the microphone and talk if you want, you know, so you don't sound like you're in another room. <laughs> I'm right here. Yeah. Hello yes. there. Hello there. So you, so you, your boss gave you a little time off. Yes, of course. So you can come. Every yeah, I take the same week. We'll be down in Dennisport. Yep. First week of uh, August. I couldn't, I, re I couldn't remember where it was, so I drove, I drove by looking for your car. Uh, last week, or whenever it was, 4th of July week when I was on vacation, I'm like, I'm like I don't know if it's this week. Well, you know, if you're looking for my car, it's the one with all the rust going from tire uh, to tire uh, on I, both I, sides. I, I know, I know what your car looks the, like. The, 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 the low tire pressure on all four tires. Yeah. If you look underneath, there's no floorboard, so it's easy to spot. It's easy to spot. But, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I in fact, I just came back from the liquor store, so I had cold beer in the car. So I was, I was driving up and down your street trying to look for you, but I never saw you. John, so. I think that's why my floorboard's rusted from all the wobbly pops <laughs> on the ice. All right. All right. Well, John Costello, Phil. Filling in for Paul Sullivan, uh, the very best in Irish music, coming up with the Irish Hit Parade. We need to go away till next week. Make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.